God one more big praise. Yeah. You know, just so, just so, you, just so you're right with me on something. I mean, it might be the last time I get to talk to you. Never know. But when you make an open display of your disagreement, be real careful. Because I will address it openly. Fair enough? I just want to be just, you know, I'm a bottom line guy. So uh, God's put in front of us this huge door of opportunity. Huge. Huge. But you know what the problem is? is that we're not the only people who can see it. Uh, the Bible says, let's, let's read some Bible for a minute. 1 Corinthians 16, 9. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. It's King James Version. In, in the King James Version, it says, uh, the words there are are in italics. If you're, if you're reading in a paper Bible, you know, like a book, instead of looking on the screen, you know, if you, have, if, you have, if you have one of those, a King James Bible, the words there are in, in italics. You know what it means? It means that they're not in the original text. They've been added so that that verse kind of makes more sense. So what it says is, for a great door and effectual is open unto me and many adversaries. There's a great door of effectual opportunity. There's this huge opportunity open unto me. Not only, Paul said, not only do I see it, so does my enemy. Um, I'm pressing to get through the door. So's the enemy. And then the enemy's pressing to prevent us, Right? Come on, guys. We, we got to walk in a little bit more wisdom than, than normal. Right? You got to have your guard on. Uh, you you got to be a little bit more geared up than normal. You know, it's one thing. You know, a week ago, the men come back from camp. They're all fired up. They're all in. Half of them got their feelings hurt before they got over the weekend service. You know, and, and you're coming back and you're going to, and, you know, and, and, and you're all fuzzed up like a kitten. And, and the thing is, is that we, we got to be a little bit smarter than the devil that we're going to demonstrate his defeat. And instead of walking in agreement with, 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 with a defeated foe, we ought to align ourselves with the guy who's given us victory. And we need to realize there's this door of opportunity open, and, and the enemy sees it, and he's going to fight, and he's going to throw all kinds of stuff up in front of you. And you're going to have the opportunity, if you want, to, to, you know, to get upset and to be discouraged and, and, and to feel. That's, that's part of the, that's part of the, the pressure, the stress, you know, uh, that the enemy doesn't want you to endure. Because if you can make it through the hard spots and, and actually be who God's called you to be, man, the opportunity is awesome that God's walking you through. So you're going to have to be willing to see different than you used to so that you can think different and live different. Hello, somebody. Uh, I, I want to start reading 2 Peter uh, chapter 1 in the, in the Living Bible. I just want to read it to you. It says, from Simon Peter, a servant and missionary of Jesus Christ, to all of you who have our kind of faith. The faith I speak of is the kind that Jesus Christ, our God and Savior, gives us. How precious it is and how just and good he is to give us the same faith to each of us. Do you want more and more of God's kindness and peace? Then get to know him better and better. A lot of us, instead of pressing in to know God, we're pressing in to know what's wrong with everybody else. We need to be pressing in to know God. Hello? For as you know him better, he will give you through his great power everything that you need for living a truly good life. 
For he even shares his own glory and his own goodness with us. And by that same mighty power, he has given us all the other rich and wonderful blessings he's promised. For instance, the promise to save us from the lust and the rottenness all around us and to give us his own character. God's willing to give us, allow us to be partakers of his divine nature. But to obtain these gifts, listen, you're going to need a little bit more than faith. You must also work hard. Well, that sucks. Because most of us, what we want is pray a simple prayer and have God do everything for us. But he said, you know what? To get what God's given you is going to take more than just faith. You're going to have to work hard, work hard to be good. And even that is not enough. Then you've got to learn to know God better and discover what he wants you to do. Most of us, most of our spiritual journey has been trying to figure out how to get God to know what we want him to do. And he's saying, what I want you to do is get to know me better. God's saying it. Work hard to live the right life and find out what I want you to do. Next, what? There's more? Next, learn to put aside your own desires. Put aside your own desires so that you will become patient, godly, gladly letting God have his way with you. It's one thing to stand here and sing it. Take over, take over my heart. Really? We'll find out. Put aside your own desires. Let him have his way. This will make it possible for the next step. Shoot. Which is for you to enjoy other people. And to like them. That's what it says. And to like them. To enjoy people and to like them. And then you'll actually, finally, you'll grow to love them deeply. And the more you go on in this way, the more you will grow strong spiritually and become useful. You know what it's implying? That if you don't do this, you're not even useful. I'm just, I'm reading Bible to you. Anyone who fails to go after these additions to their faith, they're blind. Short-sighted. And they've forgotten that God has delivered them from an old life. So that they can now live a strong, good life for the Lord. God's got a better life for us to live. And it says that, if, if, dear brothers, if you work hard to prove that you really are among those who God has called and chosen, then you'll never stumble or fall away. If you work hard at this, you'll stop stumbling. You'll stop falling away. If you don't work hard at this, that old guy, let me tell you something about that old guy. He stumbles easily. Somebody will say something to you, and you'll stumble. Are you kidding me? We're out to take out a devil this killing, stealing, and destroying, but we got to be careful how we talk to each other. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. You just want to be careful because, you know, you might offend somebody. Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing shall cause them to fall, stumble, or be offended. Psalms 119, verse 165. It's not in your notes, but you should have it tattooed to your body. Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing can cause them to be offended. How come we're so easily offended? Because we're so far from the law. You know, his word. We're not walking in his word. Come on, guys. We're on our way to change the world. As long as we don't get mad first. So in Isaiah 60, he says, arise from the depression in which circumstances have kept you, 
And depression doesn't necessarily mean that you're crying in the bedroom wishing that you weren't alive. Depression, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a depression, it's a, it's, a, it's a low spot that you've walked into. And he said, arise from that spot to a new life. The word arise, it means uh, get a new perspective. Get a new perspective. You, you, you want to know what I think one of the things God is doing it, it, right now in, in, in our midst? He, you know, he's doing great things in us and through us and for us and by us and amongst us. But one of the great things he's doing is he's allowing us to break off familiar spiritual strongholds that have been part of our heritage. Things that, you, you know, th- you know, I think you ought to, I think you ought to, you know, the Bible says take heed to yourself. You know, look, look into yourself. Look at your own life. Look, look, at, look at the history uh, and, and uh, this has been predominant. Because not everything, not everything in your family is, uh, is necessarily, you know, like God's plan. So if, you know, you had divorce, 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 now you. How about you break that? Do it now. Cancer, 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 cancer. You healed. And let's break that cycle. Let's rise to a new life. How are we going to do it? Changing your perspective. Listen to what he said. Arise and shine. Be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For your light has come. It's not going to come. It has come. Don't miss this. The light has come. You know, you, you need to be shining. Be, be radiant with joy. For your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Don't, don't act like you ain't got the glory of the Lord on you. It's all on you. And he said, behold, darkness is covering the earth. Dense darkness, the people. But the Lord is going to rise on you. And his glory is going to be seen on you. Nations are going to come to your light. Nations, another word for nations, families. The families are going to be drawn to the light that's in you. Here's why the devil's so irritated, because you're about ready to make a difference in the environment in which God's put you. Your life, your life's going to be bright and shining, and, and people who are far from God are going to be drawn to that. He said, lift up your eyes round about you and see. Come on. Look up. Quit looking at the junk you've been focused on and look at the life that I'm pouring out. My God, somebody. If I just lose it today, just go ahead and wrap me up and ship me off somewhere. I'm telling you, we are right on the edge of this phenomenal breakthrough moment. You're at the threshold of greatness. And, and, and we've got a word that's telling us, come on, pick your eyes up a little bit. Don't look at that natural realm stuff. You know, we look not at the things which are seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. But we look at the things which are unseen. The things which are unseen are eternal. God's wanting you to shift your focus, look at stuff that others aren't looking at. It's the unseen, not invisible, unseen. It's not stuff that ain't never been there. It's been there all along. It's just you ain't never looked at it before. A lot of us are asking God for new things in our life, new, new growth, new breakthrough. New. No, no, it's not that you need that new stuff. It's that you need to increase your capacity to contain what God's already given you. Right? So, uh, you know, remember uh, he said, I'll pour out from heaven a blessings upon you that you're not able to contain it. So what you have to do is increase your capacity. You got to get bigger so that you can contain more of what God's pouring into your life because it's already there. He has already given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. In other words, He's given us everything that we need to live a life that really pleases God. It's there. We just got to get bigger than we've been. See, because you used to be defeated because you got your feelings hurt. You used to get defeated because you'd wander off the truck because you'd be easily distracted. You, 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 used to, you used to not have this, the opportunities that God's bringing to you because you just flat couldn't see them. 
But he's saying, come on, lift up your eyes. I want to show you something. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something. And they're going to gather themselves together. Your sons are going to come from afar. Your daughter. He said, you know what? What the enemy's tried to rip from your grip, I'm going to bring right back and put in your possession. There's a restoration that's coming to you and to your house, and, and, and it's bigger than you realize. Why? Because you are helping fulfill his dream. Not, not, not some man's dream, but we're fulfilling God's dream. And I'm telling you, we, if we... If we really believe the stuff that we, that we spout off about all the time, you know, Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you, I knew you, and I sanctified you, and I ordained you. If you really believe that, that God had a dream about the future, he saw where you fit. He used that dream to begin to shape you and to form you, and he's positioned you, made you different from everybody else. And he's ordained you, and he's given you the ability, the power, the, the, the ability to actually fulfill his dream. If you believe that, well, don't you think the enemy's going to do everything he can to get you to not fulfill God's dream? Well, what, what, how, well, how's he going to do it? Well, he's going to get us to look at natural realm stuff instead of seeing the awesome opportunity that God's opened up in front of us so that we won't press in. Well, I got news for you. We're going to press in. Somebody say amen. amen. So we got this golden opportunity, and this morning I just want to share with you three steps, three keys to really obtaining God-given opportunity. And, and before we get in there, I just want to say this about God-given opportunity. Because God, get, you know, how do I know if, uh, if opportunity is from God? Because not all opportunity is God-given. Matter of fact, one of, the, one of the greatest effective strategies of the enemy is opportunity. Because a lot of people will throw away destiny for opportunity. Uh, opportunity is the greatest enemy to the destiny that there is. Why? Because, the, oh, an opportunity will come up. And what do you do? Well, you'll go running after the opportunity. What happened? Uh, you, you end up missing your your God-given destiny. Do you really think, I mean, just think about it. In our life, my life, and Shelby, and the kids, and, and, and do you really think that we've never had a different opportunity, anything other than this? Nope, this is it. This is all we got. You know, think what would happen if a couple of years ago when opportunities were making themselves available to us, if we had said, wow, that looks really good because that's going to pay a lot. What would we be missing? Well, you should see where we're headed. You want to make sure that you don't give up God-given opportunity because, you know, you, you went after some other opportunity. God-given, uh, two different times in the Bible, is, in the Amplified, it says uh, buying up opportunity. Let me tell you, how, did, how, how do I know if this is a God-given opportunity? God-birth opportunity will always cost you. Opportunities that only pay, I'd be taking a double, double tap on that. You know, you, you, you might want to look at that a couple of more times. Because, you know, if we just pack up and move across the country, we're going to make nine times more money than we're making right here. Yeah, but the problem is you're going to have 14 times more bills. They're going to promote me over there. Yeah, and it's going to rip your family apart. Hello, somebody? I just, you know, I just, I just think you want to look at opportunity and realize that if God brings one, it's going to cost you something. So the first step to opportunity, step number one, count the cost. Count the cost. We have an opportunity that God's opened up for us. But, guys, you do realize that there's this huge opportunity for us. We are on our way to change the world. Next month, we will not be in this building. Is that crazy? Next month, you, you know, and, and here's what's nuts is that everybody, everybody's that's talked about, you know, hey, 
uh, you know, this, this isn't going to work. You can't do this. It's not going to be that. Dude, it's a done deal. You know, they, they tried to gear us up and get us ready for some meetings with some city officials that are going to come because you're going to have to get temporary occupancy. And by the way, when they get here, dude, these guys are hard. I mean, this is hardball. These guys are, these are hard guys. Nobody gets along with these guys. This is going to be rough. By the way, have a good time because we're not going to be there. It's kind of like having somebody rub meat on your head and send you in to see the lions. You know, it was, it was crazy. And, uh, uh, and there are two guys coming, and, and, one, and the first guy shows up, and, and he's the fire chief, you know, of the city of Kennewick, and he's walking in the front door, and he's introducing himself, and he's shaking my hand. And he goes, by the way, where's the enunciator? And I'm thinking, I was supposed to have a speech specialist here at this meeting? What? What do you mean, the enunciator? And he goes, well, it's part of the system that watches over the yada, yada, yada. He goes, where is it? There's a hole on the wall where it should be. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what an enunciator is. He goes, my phone's dead. Let me borrow your phone. So he takes my phone, and he calls the company that's working on the system, and, and he says, hey, where, where's, and he names the owner. Where's this guy at? And he, he's on vacation for two weeks. He said, give me Sam's cell number. Yes, sir. They gave him the cell number, and he's writing it on his hand. He goes, dial that number. Put him on speaker. So this guy answers the phone, and he goes, Sam. Yes, yes, this is Sam. Who's this? Well, this is, you know, the, uh, Joe, Captain, Chief, whatever he said, you know, and, and uh, you know, from the city, Kennewick Fire. Oh, yes, sir. How are you today, sir? The, I mean, dude, everything changed. <laughs> and he goes, I'm here at uh, the Garden Church, uh, it, you know, their new facility, and there's not an enunciator on the wall. Well, yeah, well, we were going to, he goes, listen, they have to have an enunciator. You can have one on there before end of business tomorrow, right? Anything you need, sir, we're going to get done. You know, that's how we roll. He said, okay, and by the way, I noticed, uh, it says, it seems kind of weird. You've done a lot of work here, and I haven't seen a permit. How did that happen? The guy starts in, and he's, he's winking, and the, they got the fire chief winking at me. I'm thinking, he wants a date. I don't know. He, you know, something's going on. And, and, uh, and he says, well, I, you know, you're probably going to need a permit and an enunciator. This church, this is a good church. This guy's got a good church. You've got to make this happen. We're on it. Dude, it's crazy. Another gentleman from the city shows up about that time, and he starts noticing things and, and, uh, and bringing up stuff. And, and the fire chief guy, who's now our friend, he's saying uh, to his friend, to this other gentleman, he says, listen, instead of coming up with all the reasons why they can't, we've got to find ways to make this happen. These guys got a good, good church. We've got to get them in here. We found, fa- dude, we're swimming in favor. It's, it's like neck deep. And it... And every step of this journey, it's what's, what's funny to me is that people outside of here can see this huge opportunity. But some of us, are still wrapped up in some weird stuff. God's got this opportunity. What's it going to cost? It's gonna, let me tell you what it's going to cost. Let me tell you what the cost is. Everything. You know what it's going to cost you? You're going you're gonna to have to let go of that resentment. Here's some of what it's going to cost you. You're going to have to let go of that unforgiveness. You know, and instead of, you know, looking weird at people when they come, you know, what are you going to do when your ex-wife starts coming to church here? And I know what you're thinking. Which, which one? (laughs) What what are you going to do when your boss or the employee, what are you going to do when you look across there and, and and you, you know, and the inside, you know, what's it going to cost? It's going to cost you that. What, what are you going to do when it, when it costs you your convenience? Hey, I'm all, I'm all in as long as it fits my schedule. 
long as I get to do what I want, when I want, how I want, as long as I want, as long as nobody tells me anything. Some, hey, some of us, some of us guys, you, you, know, you know what a grown man is, right? He's a little boy in a big body. And, and a bunch of these little boys running around here, I, I tell you what, you, you, get, you, get all, you get all fuzzed up and, and, and your attitude's coming out. What is that? Oh, I, I, think, I think the enemy's pushing your buttons. Because uh, there's this huge opportunity that's in front of us. What's it going to cost? It's going to cost you that. Well, I ain't giving it up. Then you're probably going to watch us go on. You'll watch from afar. Because that is what is going to cost you for this opportunity that's coming. Hello, somebody? Let me just read some Bible as I hurry. Luke 14, again from the Living Bible, starting at verse 27. No one, I think we all fit in there. I think when Jesus is talking, he says, no one. I think that includes you. No one can be my disciple who does not carry his own cross and follow me. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first getting estimates and then checking to see if he has enough money to pay the bills? Otherwise, he might complete only a foundation before running out of funds, and then everyone would laugh. They'd say, see that fellow over there? That they would be mocking him. And he started that building and ran out of money before it was finished. Or what king would ever dream of going to war without first sitting down with counselors and discussing whether his army of 10,000 is strong enough to defeat the 20,000 men who are marching against him? And if the decision is negative, then while the enemy troops are still far away, he can send out a truce team to discuss terms of peace. Now listen to this verse, verse 33. So no one, again, that's us, so no one can become my disciple unless he first sits down, counts his blessings, and then renounces them all for me. What's it going to cost you? The stuff you really like. You know what's irritating? Is that it doesn't cost you what it costs me. That's irritating to me. I think you should have to give up everything that God wants me to give up. I think you should pay what I pay. And sometimes I start acting that way. You know what it reminds me of? The three boys before they grew up. Sitting in the back seat of the car because they're frustrated, mad, because life isn't fair. You know, I've seen other ministers do things, get away with things that I'm pretty sure if I attempted it, God would just kill me. You know, it's just a different set of convictions in my life. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I think, you know, well, how, come, how come they don't? Well, because God's not going to deal with them at the same level he's dealing with you or at the same place. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction in our life. And you're not the Holy Spirit for me. And I'm not the Holy Spirit for you. What's it going to cost you? I can guarantee you there's some stuff in the Bible we know it's going to cost. But listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, what I want you to do is sit down and count your blessings. Look at the stuff you love. Why? Because I'm getting ready to ask for it. Don't look at me like I I wrote this. I'm good, but I ain't that good. What's Jesus want from you? 
the thing that's got your heart. You know, you can fake it around us, but you ain't faking it with God. And, you know, really, I kind of want God to mess with me. You know, to keep me on, you know, on target so that when I start sliding off, you know, when I'm riding Harleys more than I should be serving God, when I'm, when I'm you know, looking more at, at Camaro parts than I am at, at the Word of God, that, that he would, like, touch me there and that conviction would grow so that he can guide my life. I want to know, I want to know when I'm missing the mark because I plan, I plan on my life ringing the bell for God. Hello, somebody. What, how, do, how do we get this? How do we get this God-given opportunity? Count the cost. What's it going to cost you? Everything. Everything dear to you? Are you, are you willing to give it up? Because I think that's the question that God's asking us right now. You ready for this? We're on our way to change the world. But you're going to have to change your perspective. You're going to have to look at some things differently. You're going to have to see, you're going to have to put value that I put on certain things in order. You, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like this, uh, that it's almost like, you know, you have to take what you value and move the value to what God values. So that the thing that you used to value no longer has the same position of value in your life. Sounds like seek first Him. Second step, first step, count the cost. Second step, seems odd that we'd have to say this, but it's really, really important. Second step, take the first step. Do you count the cost? I'm all in. Okay, now step in. Come on, cross the threshold. You you, you know those automatic doors? You know, uh, you, you, you get right up to it and they go zzzz. And you go through it, and they go, aren't those cool? It's awesome. You know, you, you, pull up, you pull up in the parking lot, and you look, and if, this, if the store, you know, if the store has the right kind of glass and the right kind of, you know, un- unless they have great signage, you don't know if they're open or not. You know, you, you can look at it, and it, it, you don't know. I don't know if they're open. You know what I do if, when my family wants to go someplace I don't want to go, we pull into the driveway where we look at, look, oh, shoot, the doors are shut. I guess they're not open. Then we go where I want to go. That's how we roll. You know, a lot of us, though, we get right up there to it. And, you know, some, sometimes the, those doors are set unless you're right on it. You, know, you, you stand here and they're shut. And you get here and they're still shut. And you get here and they're still shut. But you get right here and they go. Some of you have been so close, but you didn't know the door was open. Because you got to get a little closer. You get, you got to you got to be willing. And sometimes if you just stand there, you know, and you can confuse the door. If you hear a strange buzzing around your head, it might be because you're really close, sorta. But really close isn't the same as through the door. You need to take that step. I think that there's people in the room that God's already dealing with you about stuff that he wants you to surrender. Irritations he wants you to walk away from. Mindsets he wants you to break. Habits he wants you to, to surrender. And it's just time to take the step.
Yeah, but if I, if I, if I give up what I love for God, I'm going to lose out. No, 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 no. See, here's the deal. I've never given up anything for God that I wasn't thrilled with the outcome. Ever. You got to take that step. And, 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 and the third step, because we're out of time. Listen, the third step, first step, I, I got to count the cost. Step two, I got to take the first step. Step three, you got to follow through. Listen, one, one more verse, Luke nine sixty two. Jesus said, no one, there we are again. No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You know what we got to stop doing? We got to stop being those people who start all kinds of stuff and finish none of it. We, we, we got to stop allowing ourselves the luxury to cave in, give up, and quit in the middle because something didn't go my way. We, we got to be a people who have a, who, who say, you know what? I, 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 you know what? It's going to, it's going to cost me my, you know, this, this mindset, this attitude, and I'm not going to give it up for like five minutes. I'm, I, I'm going to, I'm going all in, all out for the all in all, and, and, and it's all the way. And I'm not looking back. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't look halfway up the hill and say, you know what? This is a little bit ridiculous. I think I'm going to back up. God's God. He can come up with another plan. No, he, he didn't look back. He went all the way for us. And it's time that we make a decision. You know what? I'm doing this thing. You, you know what's crazy is we've had people over the years who have made these statements to us. You know what, guys? We're with you. We're with you all the way. We are all in. This is going to be awesome. Those people aren't even here anymore. Most of the time when somebody says, we're, we're with you. We're with you, brother. You know what we do? We help them pack. But we got to stop being those people that come to God and say, you know what, God? I want you to take over. And I'm actually gonna, I'm actually gonna get out of the way. I'm actually gonna let you do it. I'm gonna take that step. I, I realize what it's gonna cost me. Anything dear to me, I'm willing to give it. You want it? It's yours. And Father, well, I'm gonna take that step and I'm gonna launch out. And you know what? I'm not looking back. Amen. Look at somebody tell him I'm not looking back. Come on, give God one more hand this morning. He's worthy. I want you to I want you to close your book and. Get ready. Let's just pray together. Just close your eyes for a minute and